1: podcasts. podcasts. Let's start with Luke Getze, because a lot of people had a a strong reaction to how he explained why the Bears threw 21 passes at or behind the line of scrimmage in a victory of the Vikings.
0: Okay, so first and foremost, I am not familiar with the reaction, which you're going to have to kind of update me on in a minute. I thought that uh, Luke took the topic head on, um, explained some of what we already knew about the Bears trying to combat the Ah, uh, pressure, 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 blitz, 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 pressure, more, Blitz, more style of Brian Flores with an extension of the running game being what he called RPO-ish looks for Justin Fields, which uh, he said, I, I think he said roughly half of the screens to the perimeter were uh, situations where Justin is trusted to count, basically, pre-snap and look at the numbers and and figure out if the bears can outflank the Vikings on the outside and uh, get something going there Um, i talked to you previously about the reaction of justin and dj moore and cole Komet coming out of that game against the vikings and understanding that something had to be done in the chess match to try to loosen things up and to do some things and that's where they leaned and and obviously i think we've established by this point that that we wish there were some more uh downfield passes and some things to threaten the, the vikings vertically uh matt has repeatedly Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. Eleven days that that he was uh, hopeful to get more explosives, and that there were opportunities that they missed, and um, and so I think there there is you know there's nuance to the conversation. It's really easy to get the pitchforks out and chase the offensive coordinator down the block, uh, and I guess based on your introduction maybe that's what some of the folks in the public forum have done
1: well i think there are probably two levels of, of reaction one is the visceral and people are yeah the offensive coordinator is the easiest target in chicago uh in most years in most bear seasons um i, I guess uh my reaction was that while i understand and appreciate his explanation i i felt like I, I always i tend to hear two things themes come through when i hear luke getsy explain game plans after wins or losses he is very candid about where the responsibility lies but i i tend to hear two things that are probably unfair reactions but these these are what i heard on thursday not me and i can be out coached so and, and i'll explain that in a second he was very open about the 21 of the 21 passes, about half of them, or I, you know, he explained somehow <clears throat> Justin was making the read and he had the decision and the autonomy to make the changes. And and that's how they ended up being horizontal. And I think you called them extraordinarily horizontal passes yeah. other than passing game. And I thought that is, puts the onus on the quarterback rather than, you know, the, the, the game plan. There's that autonomy and the, the secondary part of what my reaction was that, essentially what he's acknowledging is that the vikings came up with a method to get the bears to change the play to something that was going to be non-threatening and that's coaching and that's schematic you know wizardry and then that's a chess game because whatever the white vikings were doing to get the quarterback to check the play so it wasn't a threat down the field worked so i understand the logic and how he explained it and what he's trying to tell us why it happened but i still think you're left with why why are there so many ways to make this bear defense even more pedestrian than it is? The bear offense. I think um I'm sorry the you bear know, offense. You know,
0: Luke did say that that like he was very complimentary of Justin's ability to to uh, recognize. He said I think maybe only one or two instances where Justin uh conceivably saw something that wasn't there and checked to a play that he didn't need to to do with the the perimeter screens there. Um I've kind of been consistent on this since the the morning after the game this is a one-time. Game plan in a lot of ways against an opponent that is very unique in terms of what they do and the style that they're playing. Kevin Seifert at ESPN had written a piece recently about how Brian Flores has kind of <laughs> uncorked some things this season that he's never used before in his football career and has, has turned some things loose that other teams have to react to. The Bears didn't have a good offensive game, and and so certainly that that falls on the coordinator. It falls on the quarterback. It falls on everyone. They were able to, to steal a win out of it, which helps the, the feelings be better. Um, But we're going to fast forward to Sunday really quickly, and they're going to face a Lions team that allows them to do different things. And they're going to have an entirely different style of play. They're going to have an entirely different approach to how they unlock some things. And and I think that they're eager to push the ball vertically more and, and do some things in that regard. Look, like we talked the other day about how Justin has now had three consecutive 100 rushing yard Outings against the Lions, which tells you that there's avenues there for him as both a scrambler uh, and a, a designed runner to to threaten them. And then, then that opens up the, the the possibility for play action stuff. And, and you're able to kind of get multiple and diverse really quickly. And so I just I think there's this conversation is going to be very different after this week. I, I, I get it. You know, I get the reaction. Um, I just I, I, I'm still of the camp of, you know, it is what it is. And, and they've got to be better in certain areas. But uh, I, I think some of the outrage has been exaggerated and, and probably unfair.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would describe what I feel as outrage. Not, no, not you, not you. I'm talking
0: about the public forum yeah, and perhaps, like the stuff you I, see. Yeah. Uh, you know, for weeks now it's been fire Luke into the sun. You know, sure. on social media and and callers to the score and and everywhere else. And I I think sometimes you just got to take a deep breath breath and see it from the inside a
1: little bit to to understand it and then react from there. I think it's pretty obvious to me that the more he talks and and the more we hear from him, though the questions about the relationship that I raised probably a month or so ago about just how much in sync these two guys really are, you know, and I'm not even going back to when Justin Fields complained about being too robotic. It does not seem like it's a match made in football heaven. It does not seem like they are that compatible in terms of moving forward because there, there does seem to be a semi-regular disconnect. And I don't know I think it's a product of having a losing season uh, in a, in a, maybe a, a losing organization, but, but I do think that it's difficult to see or find that kind of connection between play caller and quarterback that you ideally would like to see because that too often, or maybe not too often, but so often I'm left with kind of reading between the lines of what gets is saying. And uh, more times than not, it, it's, it's about quarterback execution. And while that might be accurate and we appreciate that, it is somewhat unusual to have a quarterback or quarterback's coach or a play caller be that open about whose responsibility it is for things not necessarily working i like <clears throat> that's a part of the conversation that
0: that like for me it's refreshing it's illuminating it's become a, an education in in certain parts of 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 how the machinery works you know and and again everybody's accountable for it but i've always bristled at the idea that head coaches in this macho sport feel um guarded against telling you when players screw up. Because if you're willing to tell your players in a team meeting, like, hey, this is where you screwed up and this is where you're deficient and this is where we've got to get better uh, individually and together, then there should be no harm in, in telling that to the public. This isn't youth sports. This isn't my uh, 10-year-old baseball team you know like that's if that's what happened then that's what happened and and you both have a chance every week to to have your say in the matter and, and go that route um, on a bigger picture item here I think like you and I both sit here in the first week of December and we say that there, there is less than a two percent chance that both of these guys Justin Fields and Luke Getzey will be together uh, in 2024 Right. And, and if you agree with that, then it's like, okay, then we're just kind of uh, pedaling the bike until we get to, right. <laughs> to the next okay. stage of the
1: Tour de France. That's a, good, that's a good point. And this is hardly the Tour de France. The scenery is not as <laughs> beautiful.